Rank them up. If you rank them songs, I'll never stop. I'm ranking Beatles songs. Ranking Beatles from the bottom to top. And that didn't work so well. That's okay. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 65 of Ranking the Beatles. I'm your host, Jonathan. Once again, unfortunately, I hate to say it, I am rolling solo today, my friends. My lovely partner in crime, my wife, my best friend, Julia, is under the weather today as we tape this. She's got a little bit of a uh, seasonal bug that's taken hold. Uh, so she is upstairs in another room in our house uh, on the sofa trying to recover. Hopefully she feels better real, real soon. But obviously the show must go on. So we're going to go on today by myself once again. I think I can do it again. Did it a few weeks ago. Felt kind of weird, but think we can make it happen again. So hopefully everybody is having a good week. Um, it's been pretty good around here in uh, ranking the Beatles Central. Uh, as we tape this today, I just had my birthday over the weekend. Turned the big 4-0, which was weird. Um, not as bad as I thought it would gonna. I thought as I thought it would be. Um, actually, feel pretty good. My Beatles cover band, uh, the Walrus, which I've talked about a few times here, uh, sold out. A show at Tipitina's here in New Orleans, which is a really well-known, uh, famous venue, has a capacity of about 800 people. We sold the show out. Uh, day of show, it sold out. It's the first time that any of us had sold out uh, a show at that venue. So that was super, super exciting uh, for us to do that with this band. And we had a really wonderful time. Um, celebrated my birthday uh, with some friends. And uh, just a lovely, lovely time. And I know a lot of you all reached out and wished me happy birthday. So many thanks for that. Much appreciation. So anyway, let's look ahead at what's going on. If this is your first time listening to Ranking the Beatles, welcome to the show. What we've done here is we have a list of 223 songs written and recorded by the Beatles. Uh, during the start of the COVID pandemic, out of sheer boredom, I ranked them from least favorite to most favorite 223 to number one. Today we're coming in with number 152. And joining us this week are the hosts of the podcast, Super Awesome Mix, a show that celebrates the magic of the mixtape. Now, if you're my age, I just turned 40, obviously. Uh, we started out making mixtapes and then transitioned to the mix CD as uh, CD burners became uh, commonplace on everyone's computer. And then uh, Napster and iTunes and online song downloading and file sharing came into play. Mix CDs became the thing. And then playlists became the thing. Uh, but we, I started out making mixtapes uh, when Julie and I first started dating. Uh, we had, we were, it was mix CD time, but it's still the same intent. So mixtapes and mix CDs and playlists have always played a big part of my life and our life. So really a big fan of this podcast. Each week, they look at different theme mixes. Uh, they discuss spe uh, special mixtapes with guests and how the mixtape plays a role in people's lives. Now, in addition to the podcast, they also have an app for Super Awesome Mix where you can create your own mix uh, via a playlist. You can add notes to it. You can add voice memos, cover art, and then share it with your friends or that special someone, anyone you want to. It's a really, really cool project they're doing. Highly recommended that you check it out. So, 
Let's get into it, shall we? Friends, welcome to Ranking the Beatles. Matt and Samer from Super Awesome Mix. Matt and Samer, welcome to Ranking the Beatles. How are you guys doing today? Doing real well. Okay. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Nice. It's yes, so, thank you. So good to see y'all. Thank you for, of course, being flexible, following the storm. Um, I want to say, you know, at the outset of this uh, this episode, I really, really enjoy what you guys are doing because, as I'd mentioned just a couple minutes ago, uh, you know, mixtapes and mix CDs have always kind of been a uh, a big part of my um, I hesitate to say my my expression to people, but kind of the, the thing you make for your friends or you know somebody that you're interested in dating or whatever. So um, you know, I I, I want to throw off the off the bat here. You know, what was the inspiration behind creating Super Awesome Mix? Well, really, it started uh, years ago when my now wife, then girlfriend, and I were dating, and I would make her mix CDs, and I would write, you know, notes about the songs and things like that, and then as the years passed by and things became digitized, she kind of looked at me and said, you know, how do, how do I keep these? You know, what am I supposed to do with these now? She didn't want to just trash them, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know, once everything's on your iPod and then later your phone, like, what are you supposed to do with that, right? Right. And so, obviously, we can recreate the playlist within... Um, within iTunes or, or Spotify or whatever, right? Um, but what was missing was kind of that, you know, personal touch with, with the notes and all that. And so, yeah, Samer and I had been working on a different project and I was like, hey, I've got an idea that that may be something, right? And as Samer will attest to, I, I, I come to him a lot with, hey, I've got this idea. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, 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 great, great. Okay, so yeah, put it on the pile. <laughs> how, if I could interject real quick, how how far back do y'all go? As far as like friendship, two thousand and eleven uh, or twelve, I think. Okay, yeah, just it's about ten years about ago. Ten years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very cool. And we how it feels like a together. lifetime. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I really sucked the life out of Sam. Really, yeah. Yeah. If you hear I'm me, with, to you know. Age him. I'm trying to age him so we end up the same age because I think I'm about 10 years older than him. Right. So I figure if I just keep wearing away at him, I mean, we'll end up being you bring him down at some point. Right. You you hit that mark a while ago. Now I'm like 20 years your elder. That's... <laughs> the student has become the master of only by age. It's true. It's true. Um, He's got to no, yeah. rein me in. <laughs> he... Uh... So yes, he would come to me often with ideas, but this one was one that, you know, I, I knew I liked, I just wanted to stay focused on what else we were working on. Um, so just kind of like filed away in the back of my mind. Um, and I think same with him, but then last year, um, when COVID hit, I started, um, started dating. I chose that that was like the time for me to start dating. Cause that, you know, made, made the perfect sense. Right. Um, <laughs> and and I matched with someone, um, you know, using a dating app and we started to chat and we were just, you know, sticking to FaceTime calls and chatting. And it was kind of fun, funny because it was like, well, how else do you kind of connect with someone digitally before you choose to meet up and, and all of that? You know, we were both being pretty cautious. And one of the ways was like, well, let's like, cre- like create playlists for each other and share mixes. Um, and more than that, like we wanted to write notes with each song as you do with like an old school mixtape. Mm. Um, and so we literally would like write a little document, you know, print as a PDF, send it along with a link to a playlist. 
And then that's when all of like the dots connected, uh, you know, like all of a sudden that thing in the back of my mind, like became front and center. And I called Matt and I was like, okay, I think you got something. Um, <laughs> that's brilliant. This one, I mean, all the other ideas are just terrible, but this idea, <laughs> this one is a good one. <laughs> Finally struck gold. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's been really cool. So, you know, we started as, um, I have a background in technology, so I started writing the app and, and then, you know, one of our ideas was to actually like launch a podcast, um, mm. really kind of on a whim, like, um, you know, as a way to just be like, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool to kind of promote the app with our podcast? And then like the podcast really um, like got popular and it kind of shocked us both, but people really like, we realized that we, we missed that medium, you know, to your point, it, it really is like an art form, like the art of the mixtape mm -hmm. um, and like bringing that back into the conversation and having guests come on and, and talk us through like the mixes they'd make is, has been so fun, really rewarding and, and just like such an, such an unbelievable journey for something that we really didn't think like people were into as much as like we were. So it's really cool. Yeah. So I, then I have to ask um, the person you started dating and you sent the playlist to, did it work out? Are y'all still together? Yes. All right. Um, happy to report. Good. Yeah. Happy to report. We're still together. She actually moved in with me just a couple months ago. So things are going well. Lovely. It's definitely all because of the mixtape. Wonderful. <laughs> what was on that mixtape? I got to know. What, what were like the couple clutch ones that you think really, really yeah, sealed it? Um, she, yeah. I sent her, um, funny enough, some of the same songs that I put on my Desert Island mix, uh, which our first episode of, of the podcast. So like some Kishibashi on there. Um, some Third Eye Blind made its way there. Um, Hippocampus, which is like smaller band, but I love, love their songs. Um, so yeah, so just some of those, you know, kind of an eclectic. It, you realize like how much like you stress over what you put on it when mm. you try to make someone that you just met a mixtape. Oh, yeah. Because you realize that every single song on here is like either saying too much or too little or it's like coming on too strong or whatever it may be. So and you want to seem cool, you know, yeah. like you don't just want it to be. Like, you know, no offense to, to Britney Spears, but you just don't want it to be like all pop, you know, and sure. like Britney Spears songs and, and other major things like that. So even though I, you know, I, I do love Britney Spears, but <laughs> it just didn't belong in that opening, uh, right. <laughs> opening mixtape. It's that well, moment more, of like... More offensive things have been said about Britney Spears. So oh, I for, think sure. Okay. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, it's like that moment of like, you know, as you lay each, each brick on top of the next one. Like you want to make sure like that next brick is not the one that just makes that person's house completely fall down. Like, you know, right. like God forbid you put like a Weezer song on there and like their last boyfriend dumped them to Weezer and that just ruins everything. Right. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. But that's also why, you know, on the app, it restricts you to 75 minutes. So we really tried to, Whereas like on Spotify and all that, it's the infinite playlist, right? And I can mm -hmm. send you 2000 songs here. We really wanted to put the screws to people and say, okay, you really got to think about this. You got to build something mm -hmm. and put some thought into it. And so people have come on the show and been like, oh, this is so hard to get down to 12 songs. And, uh, and then people have said that about the app as well. Like, oh, oh this, is, this is really difficult, but they kind of enjoy it at the same time. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of thinking because, you know, we've had guests come on the show and then create um, Beatles playlists that we've shared. And we've only done it a few times. Cause like the thing that I think people get bogged down on is like the intention behind the playlist is like, you know, what are you trying to convey with it? You know, are you trying to convey your, you know, your love of a certain Beatle or your love of like obscure B sides or like right. album tracks or singles you know, like what are kind of like the general 
um, intentions that you find when you're making a mix of something that you're trying to hit? What are the things that you guys tend to like lean towards one or the one way or the other? Or I guess a, be me, a, a better I question think, might be like, like a better yeah, a better question might be like who are like the go tos that you know are never going to fail you when you create a mixtape. I know the answer for Matt on that one. <laughs> you can go ahead and tell well, him. For, yeah, okay. For me, and this has become kind of a running joke on the podcast. I mean, it's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I have I have gone to the Springsteen well quite a bit. And uh, as I, I've got Samer coming around as someone that it's like, he's starting to be a believer that Bruce has got a song for just about every occasion. So, um <laughs> He, he's buying in a little bit more, but, but to your point about just like intent behind a mixtape, it's not just, I, I think it's a mix of, of showing whatever emotion you're trying to show, but, but also kind of introducing the person to some of the music you love. So, so we talk about a lot, how it's a new music and sort of, you know, reviving some memories that, that are based on that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think for me, it's funny, whenever I started, I was more of like a mood mix tape maker, like a mood and melody. Um, but then, you know, going through it and digging through some of the lyrics, I find myself now with a much harder task of balancing mood with lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are oftentimes like, you know, you want to give someone like, especially let's say a romantic playlist. I really stressed over that because you're like, oh, I love this song. It reminds me of you when you realize like a lot of songs. It's like, this is just about someone being awful to you or some horrible breakup. Or... <laughs> right. And and you're like, oh, F, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't have put that song in there. It sounds really romantic, but it turns out it's really tragic. <laughs> so I, I definitely now in like the mood plus lyrics kind of, kind of world for putting uh, a mix together. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's been one of the fun things I, I mentioned, you know, finding these, um, these mix CDs that I made for Julia when we first started dating. And like, I would see, as I look through like the track listings, I would write it on the, the CD and you'd see like, okay, well I'm trying to be like, I really like you, but I'm not trying to include anything that says like love yet or really like go that right. thing. But then I don't want to make it too serious. So I'm going to throw in like stick shifts and safety belts by cake. Cause it's a jam. Why not? You know, like right. trying to like toe that line of like, <laughs> I'm into you, but I'm fun and it's cool, but I also have good taste. And you know, it's that, that fun balance. And I'm, I'm glad that, uh, what you guys are, are making, I think puts the, I guess, kind of the, the light back on like the creative aspect of like making a mix and not just like throwing six hours of crap into a playlist and hitting shuffle. Cause like. While there right. is a time and place for that, and it's great, it also requires minimal effort, and then you find yourself skipping all the time. <laughs> I know I do, at least. Yeah, Samer and I have joked, uh, we felt like we were really on to something when we started getting trolled on some of our Instagram posts. <laughs> and uh, one of the comments we get consistently, one of the more snarky comments is just like, you mean like a playlist? And they kind of <laughs> do the question mark, right? And we always kind of laugh about that. Like now we're on to something. Right. Trolls coming out. That means you're gaining popularity, right? Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's very different from just the straight playlist that you can just go on, you know, forever. Mm -hmm. And and you're never going to listen to that either. I mean, it's like, oh, you have 16 days of music in this playlist. It's like, that's never going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, something that's a little more curated. You're definitely going to not just listen to once, but, but also revisit. Yeah. 
you just gave me um, an idea for like an article, like a really clickbaity article. It's like, I listened to 16 days worth of music and here's what I found out or something, you know? <laughs> I would totally read that and probably just be like, oh God. <laughs> then I also find like, cause I've got play, like, I've got playlists where I've just put like artists entire discography onto a playlist. Right. And it same. never plays what I want it to play. And I right. feel like it only plays like certain things and it's usually never, ever what I want. So I'm just, I've kind of given up on however the algorithm views that I don't like it. So I'm moving away from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do want to ask, I know we, we touched on it briefly uh, when we first started emailing back and forth, but obviously this is a Beatles podcast. So I got to ask, you know, what are your origin stories uh, respectively with the Beatles? Cause everybody seems to have a different one. That was like, I don't know. I feel like it's the first band I ever heard of. Probably it was either the Beatles or Michael Jackson, you know, mm -hmm. like I, I'm in my mid forties. So, you know, um, and, and the Beatles, like their early stuff is just innocent enough to where kids could listen to it. You know, like I've got kids now, they're five and eight. And my daughter now is just starting to ask about the Beatles a little bit and, and, you know, listen to the Beatles channel on, on Sirius XM. So mm. yeah, I just feel like I, when, you know, you asked us that question ahead of time and when I really thought about it, I was like, you know, I just feel like I've always known about them as it relates to music. Like they're just that sort of origin band. Yeah. Like, of course it's, it's the Beatles and then everything that's come after it. And, uh, you know, you listen to so many, um, so many other musicians who cite the Beatles as, as it's kind of that, that was an inspiration for them. I mean, I'll go back to Springsteen and Springsteen talks about that and, and listen to early Beatles and all of that. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, for me, it, it's just, that's the band that I had always heard of. There was never a time where I didn't know of the Beatles and every musician that I've gotten into since then at one point in time has cited, you know, either the Beatles themselves or someone who was inspired by the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Zammer, how about you? For me, yeah, for for me, um, I'm sure that I've I heard Beatles songs earlier in my life because I'm sure my parents listened to it. But I would say like the first memory that I had whenever you asked me this question was two songs. Um, the first one was Michelle. Um, and that's because actually my first girlfriend that I dated for like, I don't know, four weeks in ninth grade, which to me felt like a lifetime, her name was <laughs> Michelle. And so I think like immediately I was kind of like, just obsessed with that song and just kept wanting to play it because it was like such a big deal. Oh my God, my first girlfriend and her name is Michelle and she's got a song written about her and it was like this really big thing. Um, so I like just fell in love with that song. And I think that was like one of my very first memories with the Beatles. And then I started to dig into them a little bit more and came across the song, um, I Am The Walrus or I'm, yeah. And I listened to that one so much that it actually became, this was back in the day of AIM um, and like usernames and all of that mm -hmm. good stuff. And so my username, and then after that, my gamer like name forever was Lieutenant Walrus because I just loved the idea of combining of like having a you know call sign <laughs> Walrus. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And, and that <sighs> stuck for like 15 years or something. I would always just like, anytime I'd install a new game and ask for a name, I was Lieutenant Walrus. Uh, and so it was a lot of fun. So yeah, those two songs really just like were my first introduction to the Beatles. And it wasn't until I would say much later in my life, whenever I started to like get back into, um, you know, trying to like catch up on my musical education, let's say, and iTunes was growing a lot. Um, I, you know, they finally had signed um, to be available on iTunes. Like that was a really big deal because 
they were like notoriously one of the big holdouts for mm -hmm. for online music yeah. um and so they had like their entire discography put on there and i just inhaled them like at that point i was like oh my god like i can't believe i went this long in my life without without knowing like just how talented they were and how amazing they like just the breadth of songs that they have um and so that was like my kind of getting into the beatles and and i still feel that way today i mean going through um you know and picking some of you know, some of these answers um for later i was like going back to and i was like this is i mean it is incredible that one band like put out so much music and and, and such powerful songs in the sense that like that you still talk about them to this day like you know 50 plus years later it's it's really incredible yeah for sure um you know it's funny to 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 point to what you were talking about earlier about um having a first girlfriend named michelle i think in sixth or seventh grade there was a girl in my class that i had a crush on named michelle and we were friends so i didn't think it seemed out of the realm of uh propriety to make her a mixtape and totally started it off with that song thinking like she's totally gonna get the hint she's gonna totally be into it <laughs> couldn't have cared less <laughs> did not work out for us <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> But yeah, no, oh, that's it, great. I'm it, so sorry. It's okay. I mean, I, I'm, everything's fine. I'm, I'm happily married now. I think she's sure, happily married sure. with kids. We're everything's great. Um, but yeah, there's there's such a unique thing to a band that has so many songs that I think can find their way onto a variety of mixtapes or playlists or something. Um, God, they make their own playlists now that are like thematically like little five or six song or like little EPs. They're calling them EPs, but they're basically just like little five, six song things. Um, but they'll make them, you know, theme oriented and it's like stuff from all over their career. And it's just kind of amazing that a band, you know, in seven years can create that much material that can, you know, hit so many points when it comes to just, you know, kind of doing the, the mix thing, you know, it's pretty fascinating to think about, I think. It but, is. Uh, no, yeah. it definitely is. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, why don't we uh, turn our attention to this week's uh, Song of the Week, shall we? Yeah, great. Right. All right, cool. Coming in at number 152 is We Can Work It Out. Try to see it my way. Do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way. Run the risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out. So non-album singles were always part of the Beatles story. Uh, there's those songs that are released as standalone singles, not recycled on the full album. Uh, now, while recording the Rubber Soul album in 1965, the band knew that two tracks from the session would be pulled to use as a standalone single. John's Day Tripper was earmarked first, as they thought that its harder rock edge was more current and echoed what they really thought their sound was at the time, even though they were kind of making their most folky album. 
though a few days later, they recorded Paul and John's collaborative We Can Work It Out, uh, which half the band and the label saw as more commercial and wanted to push it as the A-side. Now, the song was third in a series of songs that, was, that were written by Paul McCartney that year about ongoing tensions in his relationship uh, with actress Jane Asher and marked really some of the most openly autobiographical work he'd put out up to that point. Uh, now, famously, he wrote the verses and chorus of the song, and John came up with the minor key, more dour bridge section, uh, the life is very short and there's no time for fussing and fighting part. Another example of the great results of their kind of yin and yang natures of working together. Now, disagreements in the band and with their manager and label also ultimately convinced the band to release the first ever double A-side single, uh, where radio stations were free to play whichever side they wanted, or both, and the label marketed both songs equally. Now, the song was released in the UK December 3rd, 1965, the same day as the Rubber Soul album, no doubt a very happy day uh, for Beatles fans and record stores due to having multiple new Beatles releases available on the same day. Which, imagine releasing an album and then two non-album songs on the same day. Like, that would never happen now. That's wild. Uh, the song hit number one around the world, of course. Uh, it was only performed uh, live by the Beatles on a short December 1965 UK tour. Uh, no recordings of that have ever been uh, discovered. And it was also recorded by Paul on several solo tours over the years, including featuring on his MTV acoustic show and live album. So, why do I have We Can Work It Out at number 152? Uh, I've always found We Can Work It Out to be kind of a perfectly pleasant and enjoyable song. It's got a great vibe to it. It's super laid back, but it's still got some energy. Now, there's some interesting things, I think, happening here that are kind of noteworthy. Usually, as a writer, Paul's vocal melodies tend to jump all over the place. He's, and John kind of does, like, the one-note vocal melody thing. But here, Paul kind of takes a page from that and uses that one-note melody trick in his vocal melody, at least on like the first half of the verse. Um, now, the band is starting to kind of dip their toes into the world of overdubs at this point, beyond the normal rock band, uh, standard guitar, bass, drums, and piano tricks. And John adds kind of a harmonium part throughout the track, and that's not usually an instrument associated with rock and pop. And the way that it runs throughout the track, really only being kind of controlled or manipulated by a volume pedal, is kind of a precursor to more modern synth-based music, in my opinion. Um, but it's a really neat addition to the song. And I think there's, you know, kind of on the flip side, there's kind of a standoffishness to the lyric that doesn't quite sit with the optimism of the song. You know, Paul's saying if she sees it his way, they might have a chance to make things right. But if she keeps looking at things in her own way, they may find out that love may soon be gone. And that's not really the best way to compromise and deal with issues in a relationship. And that kind of betrays the laid back and sunny vibe of the song. Uh, I think another reason I maybe rank it where I do is that I feel like it's one of those occasions where there's a cover version of a song that's so obviously better than the original. That it makes it feel like the original just maybe wasn't thought through well enough. Obviously, Stevie Wonder released his cover of We Can Work It Out on his 1970 album, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, a completely rearranged uh, version, altering the melody a little bit, the arrangement, the vibe, and it's just so much better. And of course, this is my own opinion, um, that it makes me look back at the original and think they just didn't put enough time and work into the track. And it's not a knock that it's bad. You know, they were always under a time crunch. Uh, and Stevie's version is just that good because he's Stevie Wonder. Like, he's... Like the Beatles, he's next level, and he just was hitting it out of the park that day. Uh, overall, it's a pleasant, classic, enjoyable Beatle tune. Maybe a bit overplayed for my liking. But I think my only gripe is that it's the rare time 
a song gets outdone by uh, itself, or a song gets outdone by another artist. Um, so yeah, that's my two cents on it. So I throw it to you guys. Samer, you want to go first on this one? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I think you're spot on with with your analysis there. Um, I had also noted that the Stevie Wonder version of this song is my preference. Um, also, Deep Purple has a cover of it, which is just so good as well. <laughs> you know, I I saw that I, I saw that it, that it existed, but I for some reason just didn't get around to listening to it. Now I have to like dive in to see what Deep Purple does with We Can Work It yeah. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what I was going to say is I, I think the Deep Purple version, I kind of expected it to be honestly kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out to be pretty enjoyable. Uh, I was really pleasantly surprised when I came across that one. But, of course, I think it's a solid number three behind Stevie Wonder and the Beatles. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. So continue yeah, where, I... where you were going. I'm sorry, Samer. Oh, yeah, no worries. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that immediately jumped to me that made me laugh is, is just the whole, you know, and you touched on this, like the whole premise of the song is like, we can work it out. But he's essentially saying, we can work it out if you just see it my way. And it's like, is that really working it out? I mean, <laughs> I really have to question if, if that's really the appropriate way to kind of deal with, with a conflict. Of, and, you know, I guess that it is one way to deal with a conflict, which is like, if you would just do it my way, then there's no conflict. Uh, <laughs> a very rudimentary way of, of looking at a problem and trying to work it out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like an enjoyable track. I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. There's also nothing really super notable about it either. So I, I totally agree with your ranking and, and kind of where you put it. That was my, my like immediate take on this. Yeah. I, th I think the idea of, you know, if you would just do it my way is like the ultimate uh, late teens, early twenties, logic because <laughs> yes. i know like at that age i was probably the exact same like guys this would not be a problem if you would just do what i'm telling you to do <laughs> which that never works exactly. out for anything so <laughs> nope yeah so matt how about you well i i like when reading up on this song that there was you know a lot of consternation about which song they should release and one of the songs is titled we can work it out <laughs> and yet they couldn't figure out this problem and then they should release both of them yeah <laughs> so i thought that part was kind of comical but it's very you know, meta it's yes funny i i listened to the song a few times to try to just you know maybe hear some things i hadn't heard before and when the voices change and you get into the part that's clearly the John Lennon part, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I almost started to hear it as Paul McCartney kind of talking, you know, telling his friends about this problem. And they're kind of coming back with, look, life's too short to argue about this, right? Yeah. And uh, so I thought that when I started to hear it like that, with that sort of back and forth, and and I do like the melody change or the, the time change that goes on in there when it sort of slows down a beat. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, you're right. Probably not the most like high level Beatles song. So I, you know, I don't know the 152 songs in front of it right now, but, but I will say, you know, that's, I'm not going to argue too much with the ranking, but uh, because again, it's not like you guys said, I like, I, I like the song, but is it like, whoa, this song's amazing. And then I love what you said there that Stevie Wonder version, just kind of like when it's known as that person the the other band's song almost yeah um it's kind of hard to put it as as one of this band's best songs yeah and I, I it's it's really interesting to me because i feel like the beatles often kind of exist in this um uncritiquable you know bubble where like you know when this song came out they had been um 
you know, they'd been like at the top of the charts for like three years. And some people in the press were saying, you know, this is the part of the story where, you know, the Beatles popularity should start to fade. Three years is like all these pop stars get. Um, and then they put out this single that like goes straight to number one and kills and does great. Uh, and, and it's, you know, seen as a classic. But I, when you look at other singles, like this is just one that like, it's probably the one I might skip on like their like one compilation, like all the hit singles. I might just skip this one. Cause it's kind of like, okay, it's not the greatest thing in the world. Personally, even though it, it doesn't count as one of the number ones, I would rather hear day tripper. Cause I think it's a bit more interesting of a song. Uh, I think there's more stuff going on to it, but I can also see why like the chorus of this is maybe more radio friendly and sunny. Um, but yeah, this is one I've always kind of never understood, like the acclaim it gets held in. And like Paul still does it and calls it one of his favorites. I don't know if it's in his book. I haven't read the, his lyric book yet that he just put out. Um, but yeah, it's one of those ones where I've always been like, hmm, okay. Maybe it's the um, maybe it's the harmonium. that it's uh, Maybe that's what everyone loves about it. The <laughs> organ play in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was one of the things that, like, when I listened to it over and over, prepping for this, um, and then I actually just had it stuck in my head. It is a, it is an earworm too, right? I think there's something to that. Like, you can just repeat the like, weekend work like over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever, I, yeah, I tried to listen to all the different things going on in this song, I was like, I actually really love that organ play. Like, I think the that mm -hmm. part of it is is really quite enjoyable. So maybe that like is is why people really took to this song. Um, but you're right. Like you put it when you when you listen to it on its own, you're like, oh, great song. But then the second you start to compare it to others, you're like, OK, there are way more musically interesting and, and kind of boundary pushing songs that the Beatles have released in their time. So why is this like still held in such a chord? I totally agree. Yeah. Well, and I like your assessment there that sometimes bands fall into this bucket of they're just beyond reproach mm -hmm. and everything is kind of like, oh, it's brilliant. This is a brilliant song. This is you know, like they're just hitting home runs every time out. And I mean, look, I'll say it about Springsteen. I mean, he's got such a vast catalog and as many songs as I like, there's a couple that I'm just like, no thanks. Right. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like when, when I'm on fire comes on, I'm kind of like, let's just skip this one. Like yeah. we're good. And like, that's like, a that. that's a big one for him. Like that's a classic and that's a big hit for him. Song. You're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of in that same vein that, there's just songs that become sort of commercially popular, but when you, especially I think as you get to know a band too, I think if somebody didn't really know the Beatles at all, this is a very like, you know, to Samra's point, it's an earworm, right? You can mm -hmm. sing along to it. It's, it's a nice song. Um, but, but yeah, when you get into their catalog, it's like, ah, I don't know if I want to listen to this one again. There's yeah. a lot more interesting <laughs> work out there. Yeah. Well, one thing I, I do enjoy about, this track and it's kind of just a, an addendum. Uh, were you able to see any of the promotional videos that they made for this while y'all were researching for the, for this episode? No. no, I didn't get a chance to, I read, I read about them though. I didn't watch them. Yeah. There's this series of, of videos they made over a couple days uh, for this one and we can work it out. And I forget the other ones. And they did like three different versions. Uh, and, and these videos are also strange. Cause like, Sometimes they're set up to where like a whole band's, you know, the whole band's playing and doing the thing. Sometimes like John and Paul are playing guitars and Ringo is on an exercise bike. Uh, sometimes it's randomly snowing <laughs> and none of it makes any sense. Um, but watching them on the videos for this, I think, you know, 
there's a, a couple where you know Ringo's playing and uh, George is kind of just sitting on the uh, sitting on the drum riser, just looking kind of bored like he does. Uh, you know, Paul's playing bass and John's at not a harmonium, but you know, like looks like a maybe like a Rhodes or a Wurlitzer, and you can tell that John's goal here is just to make Paul laugh on camera and not be like the cutesy <laughs> beetle, but just like, you know, he's like doing insane, like really vulgar stuff to him. Like while the camera's rolling. Uh, and it's really <laughs> funny to watch is like, he's just kind of like coyly looking at the, uh, at the camera and Paul's watching John and starting to snicker. And, you know, then John's like playing with his foot and stuff. It's all like that. I, I think adds more charm to the song. Just because you get that kind of visual, you know, representation stuck in your head with it. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's one that it's just kind of okay for me. That Stevie Wonder version, though, just smokes. Like, the organ rip that it starts off with, and he turns that into a hook throughout the song, like, makes it a bridge. Like, it's super smart. Um, and I think putting a solo into it, even though it's just kind of... Uh, it's kind of a repetition of the of the lyric of the the verse melody on the uh, the harmonica, just gives you a kind of a break from just like verse verse chorus verse verse chorus. Like it adds something to it. Um, that version is just so so good. If you ever see him perform it live, it's just as good live as it is on the record. Well, and I love that too because when you're listening to Stevie's version. If you don't know what the song is, right when it starts, you, you don't know what it is, mm-hmm. right? And then and then he jumps into the lyrics, and it's like, oh wait a second, right? This is a cover. This is awesome. Hold on. So I, I think that's that's also an element to it. Is that I, I mean I think I can remember the first time I heard Stevie's version, mm-hmm. and at first it's just like, hey, this, uh, this this sounds awesome, and then you realize it's a Beatles cover song, and it's it's that much cooler. Yeah. And I do think that's one of the things that, like, McCartney especially kind of excels at is, like, even though, like, the Beatles version of this might not be my favorite thing in the world, it's still a really good song and a well-constructed song, and that gives other artists the palette to kind of take it and change it and make it malleable to be whatever you know, they want to be. I, I got to ask, you know, since I haven't listened to it, can you describe the uh, the Deep Purple version for me? <laughs> I'm totally going to drop the audio in here, but I like, because my impression was like, this is probably going to suck. So I didn't go back to it. <laughs> well, there's like a three minute intro. Like there's an instrumental right. intro Why at not? the very beginning. <laughs> right. Why not? Deep purple. Right. And, and so at first I was like, well, how, how long are they going to go here? And, uh, and then they get into it. And I, I think it's fairly straightforward, but it definitely has a deep purple, like, you know, it's, it's 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 their song for sure yeah. in, in that vein, but so certainly not as different as I think the Stevie Wonder version. So it's not they didn't really take it, make it their own in that sense, but they did put their own Deep Purple vibe to it. I could see like in a live setting how that might be cool. It, it's almost like when bands do that in concert, where it's like they're playing one song and then they'll go off on a solo and then in the middle of a song just play another song right mm-hmm. and then come back to it yeah it, it almost sounded like it was something like that and they just decided to record it yeah deep purple who would have thought man <laughs> so <laughs> I, I did not expect that did yeah. not see that coming so uh 152 out of 223 do you think i'm out of bounds in the right ballpark what would you what would you think 
I think you're in the in the ballpark. I I don't know where else you would put this other than in like the hundreds, somewhere in the hundreds. I would say, yeah. Like, like I think that makes sense maybe? to me. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. To me. I I I mean I'd say it's probably about right. Again, not well. Like you said, it is still a very good song. It's a very well put together song, and it's obviously one of their more popular songs. But again, when you put it in the context of their whole catalog after one or two listens you're you're probably not going back to this one so i think that that's probably about right yeah yeah i feel like if i feel like if you were doing one of the exercises and let's say you just love this song and you put this and you're like okay well this has to be top 10 and then you start to go through all the other songs like this is the first one that you put up there and you're like well actually this one this other one goes above and this other one goes above it i think you would end up with it being around 150 plus yeah um <laughs> because there's just so many other ones where you're like well yeah this is definitely better than this that one. Has to that. that right <laughs> right right see at the same time i know i'm gonna get blasted because like I've put Revolution 9 in front of this. I've put uh, Honey Pie in front of this. The songs that people genuinely hate, I have, you know, well in front of this song. <laughs> not, e- not even in the, uh, in, the, in the line of fire for upcoming episodes. So, <laughs> I, well, look- I would imagine, though, doing, doing a podcast on the Beatles, you're, I mean, almost a no-win situation, right? Every, every song <laughs> is... It's somebody's favorite or somebody's least favorite, right? Even like, the ones I had at so like many opinions on the Beatles. Even at like two twenty three, two twenty two, when it was like the German versions of "She Loves You" and "I Want to Hold Your Hand," we were like, "Really? <laughs> I love those." I think uh, two twenty one was Mister Moonlight. Really, it's top ten for me. I'm like, really okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for the for the longest time, I think we started every show with like, "Hey, gang, caveat reminder." This is just my opinion. <laughs> like, right. This is we're in a pandemic and I'm bored as hell. So like <laughs> we're just doing this for fun. Uh but I think now we've gotten it to a place where, you know, the conversations are generally uh very good natured and very fun. Um and also like it invites that kind of like, you know, well, if this is top ten for you, why? What do you love about it? You right. know, what puts it yeah, in yeah. that top ten? Like what puts this above something for you or whatever you know song it might be um but we do occasionally get some pretty vicious uh hate mail <laughs> which i find hilarious yay the internet yeah right <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well guys before we wrap up for the day uh do we have time for some rapid fire questions yeah, yeah i should it. probably rename these because they're never ever rapid but i kind of love that about it though so <laughs> Um, I guess Matt, we'll go with you first. Uh, your favorite Beatles song. Go ahead. I thought about this. I got to go with, and this is going to come with a caveat, okay? But I'm going to go with, I saw her standing there. But as I get older, I get more and more uncomfortable with the line, well, she was just 17. Yep. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's making me more uncomfortable as I get older. I but that. I do love that song. Yeah, I can totally see that. Uh, yeah. Makes, makes perfect sense. Uh, Samer, how about you? I went with um, I went with Eleanor Rigby. Um, I love that song. I also love that it's one of the ones where it they aren't playing instruments. Like it, they're they're just vocals on top of like a string instrumentation. And I I love strings. Um, if there's like a song that has some kind of a string element in it, I'm gonna rank it really highly. So that's why this one um, yeah this one is top for me. Yeah, and they're such good harmony singers. Like. When the three of yes. them do three three part harmony, it's 
always, almost always like a favorite for me. Like they're just so good at it. And uh, it's always amazing to me because I, I play in a, in a Beatles cover band and we always, you know, gripe about, oh, we, we don't have monitors. I can't hear anything. And it's like they didn't have monitors and they were doing three part harmony live and they killed it. Like, right. yeah. just let's just power through here, guys. Come on. <laughs> um, your least favorite Beatles song. OK, for me, these aren't I got to mention these, even though they're not Beatles songs, they're solo efforts. All sure, right? sure. But the I'm going to mention too here the John Lennon Christmas song "War Is Over," Ugh, right? And the, the Paul McCartney, you know, simply Don't having a uh, wonderful Christmas. No. I cannot stand those two songs, oh, and they no. get on repeat every Christmas, <laughs> yeah. and I can't oh. stand it. But those are my two. They're not. I know they're not Beatles oh, songs, man. but they are Beatle adjacent, and and I put those at the bottom. They're okay. in the conversation, and I will tell you wholeheartedly, I love both of those songs so much. I also <laughs> completely love Christmas music. Like, I adore Christmas music. And uh, great. there's a station that started playing Christmas music on November 1st here in New Orleans. And so I was in my car <laughs> that, that, that weekend and went to this, found the station, and they were already playing Wonderful Christmas Time. And then it went into Happy Christmas, and I was just like, yes. <laughs> Like to tell you how much I love Christmas. Last year, I decorated the outdoor, the outside of my house for Christmas on Halloween. As kids were coming up to get candy from the bowl in our driveway, because it was still like you know social distancing. I was like, "Right, candy's in the bowl. Yeah. Take what you want. Happy holidays!" And I'm hanging like garland on the stairs. <laughs> like I just that's like, amazing. I wanted to enjoy it for as long as I could because it was such an awful year. So <laughs> I will take it. I will forgive you for for that one though, Matt. No harm, no foul. <laughs> Uh, Samer, how about you? <laughs> I'm glad you did because I, I was worried. Like, well, that's the end of this episode. Aaron. <laughs> Guys, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Close the Zoom. We're never going to get invited back here. Damn it. Um, I went with Come Together because, like, it. I don't know. It gets so much playtime, and I just kind of hate everything about it. Like, I just don't <laughs> like. <laughs> I, I could. I, I could don't feel that. like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm just not into the song. Um, when it's on, I'm just like, okay, I just have to, I just have to listen to this now. Um, and then it'll be over and I can go back to being happy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's intriguing. That's, my least that's favorite. another one that like, it's a big, big song for like in the catalog, like people adore that right. song. It gets used in commercials for things like oh, all the time. And that might be why maybe I've just come to kind of just, dislike it so much because yeah it's used it's used commercially like all the time yeah um and so i think that that's part of why i just can't i can't handle it anymore i too refuse to come like together it. yeah too many people, <laughs> people like, like it exactly yeah. staying apart <laughs> i am um, i'm kind of ambivalent about that song like i enjoy certain elements of it a lot like i enjoy it from like a rhythmic perspective i enjoy uh the bass parts on it kind of like the overall instrumental vibe the lyrics obviously are just wordplay and you know you know what's the word i'm looking for like uh alphabet soup you know just nonsense um yeah so i'm kind of ambivalent about it but i truly truly hate the uh aerosmith version of it like can't stand it oh yeah would rather well, yeah. they didn't my do ear. anything yeah it's they just, just they just kind of played the song yeah right? just a little bit of distortion yeah. and then steven tyler's you know wailing over it i I can't stand that 
can't stand it. Sorry, Aerosmith fans. I'm, I'm going to get hate mail for that too now. I know. <laughs> Um, well, after this, we're doing ranking the Aerosmith song. Oh, so we're doing that podcast <laughs> right after this one. I'm only they're doing uh, they're doing Ragdoll tonight. Oh, so that'll man. be an interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Call me when you get to the uh, the late '90s, early 2000s Aerosmith era. I'm totally in for for Jaded and Pink. Those jams. <laughs> Everybody yeah. loves those. Yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite Beatles album? If you have a favorite Beatles album. Hmm. Um, I think, for, I mean, it sounds probably pretty trite, but I, I, I really like Sergeant Pepper as like an album, mm-hmm. right? Like, I just think it's, it's really cool. It's got a couple of, uh, you know, my more favorite songs on there. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's probably the one for me. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Sam, how about you? Um, I went with magical mystery tour. Nice. Okay. Yes. Um, also, mostly because it has I'm the Walrus on there, but also like Hello, Goodbye, great song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a number of other ones that I really enjoy. So, yeah, that's that's my pick. That's a sleeper for me. Like, I always enjoyed it, but I feel like the last few years, it's really kind of worked its way up my uh, my list in terms of albums. Nice. Short, but there's like some really great stuff on it. Um, now, the, the next question is your least favorite Beatles album, but that it not everybody has a least favorite because not everyone, you know, buys into the whole album uh, thing. Do you have a least favorite Beatles album? I could, yeah. I couldn't find one that I was just like, Oh, I hate this album or, or not so much hate this album, but I would say like, you know, they, that's, and, and that's maybe the power of a good band is that they've just got good songs on a lot of their albums. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't say there was one that uh, I just wouldn't, I don't know. I, I couldn't really pick one. I would say as the least favorite. Fair enough. I went, um, yeah, I, I didn't really have one that I just like immediately knew. I kind of, if I had to pick one, I picked one where I just don't listen to any of the songs off of it. And it was actually their very first one that please, please me. Sure. Um, I just find that I don't really listen to anything off of that first album. So if I had to like put, you know, stack or anything, I put that one at the bottom just for that reason. Yeah. You're not bumping a taste of honey on repeat. <laughs> not your jam. No, not 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 my jam. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, your favorite memory associated with a Beatles song? Favorite memory? Well, I will see. So, okay, that's a good one. Well, I, this is what I was thinking of when I thought of memory of a Beatles. It wasn't so much a song as just a Beatles sure thing. Is what I will often do to Sammer is. Uh, whenever he mentions his girlfriend, I would tell him to tell Yoko to shut up and stay out oh, of our business. Oh, right? no. <laughs> Dude. That is- and so it's become kind of a running joke, <laughs> but I always get a laugh when he will text me something about his girlfriend, and I would just immediately fire back, like, tell Yoko to stay out of our business. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Has your, has your girlfriend met Matt? Has she punched him in the face yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's going to. Yeah, all of those. Uh, Both things will probably. <laughs> all of those are adding up. <laughs> Matt doesn't know my laughter is nervous laughter. Um, whenever I. <laughs> yeah. Deservedly so. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's funny. I think for me, it would be it would it'd still actually just be the the Michelle song. I think just like I 
you know, like music does, it turns into like a time capsule uh, in your mind. And so I think just thinking back to that period of my life and, you know, the couple of weeks where I was like so excited to have a girlfriend mm -hmm. um, and all of that before it just completely fell apart as those <laughs> things do in high school. <laughs> um, it was fun. Uh, and yeah, yeah. And I just think, yeah, discovering like a whole new band and a whole new sound and, and kind of um, all of that. So that mm. that's kind of my favorite memory. I love it. Fantastic, man. So let's tell uh, tell all of our guests a little bit a little bit about uh, Super Awesome Mix. What's next on the podcast? What's next with the app? I know you guys are doing like holiday card mixtapes, which is really, really cool. So tell me a little bit about about all that. Yeah, so I mean, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at Super Awesome Mix, and uh, of course we got the app. But what we're really excited about this holiday season is these holiday cards we've created. So, you know, we've got a few really cool designs. We worked with a graphic designer on them, and there's even some where you can insert a picture just like you can on, you know, Shutterfly or any of the big bigger services out there. Um, but the cool thing about our cards is you can create your own mix, and there's a little QR code that'll show up on your holiday card where you create the mix and the QR code takes your recipient to a page where they can listen to your mix on whatever streaming service that they use normally. So we've kind of created this universality to your mix. So it's not just, Hey, here's a playlist, but I'm on Spotify and you can't listen to it. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're on Apple music. So we've uh, yeah, we think it's a really cool alternative to just sort of standard Christmas card because um, you know, it's something people are just going to enjoy all year long or, or beyond that, even even yeah. after the uh, card goes into the recycling bin. Very cool. And what's what's the uh, the next? I guess what's coming up on the podcast? What do y'all have coming up for that? We um, let's see. We've got we're wrapping up our, our first season. Um, so pretty exciting that I, I can't even believe we're going to end with I think just shy of forty episodes, which we never even imagined when we began. <laughs> Thank you. It's really exciting. Um, and we, you know, we have found that like a lot of people like kind of um, more, you know, some of the, of our mixes that are like introducing them to, yeah, to new songs or songs that like we get a lot of throwback. And so we realize that people actually really like modern music to be kind of sprinkled into our, into our podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So we starting to do a little bit of that. And so I think we've got a really fun kind of 2021, you know, in review um, episode coming up. That's going to be fun. And then funny enough, we talked a lot about covers on this episode and we have a covers mix um, coming up to where we're going to pair two songs, you know, the original and then a cover that we think does it better than the original. Mm. Um, and def certainly the, um, <laughs> you know, the Beatles song we mentioned could, um, could be on that, although it, it didn't make our mix, but maybe now we need to revisit it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, really exciting. And then next year, you know, we're hoping to, to kick it off again with some, some more exciting guests. It's been so much fun and we'll just keep on, keep on doing that. Very, very cool. Well, y'all, I am super, uh, super excited. I'm really into the show and, uh, I think the whole platform, the whole thing is really, really smart and really, really cool. So congratulations on coming up with something that, uh, not anybody else was thinking about that. I think people are really, really into. So well done. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, this has been an absolute Thank pleasure, y'all. I don't want to keep y'all all night because I know uh, I, for one, have to go make dinner, and I'm sure you guys have to do the same thing, too. So I will let y'all go, but thank <laughs> you so much for coming on Ranking the Beatles. Uh, we've got 152 more songs uh, to go, so if you guys want to come back, feel free. We can look at the list and figure out what works for y'all in the next <laughs> season and, and do it again. It'll be a blast. Sounds great. That sounds awesome. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank y'all so much. Matt and Sammer, everybody. How about that? 
please do yourselves a favor and check out superawesomemix.com. Follow along on there uh, with their podcast. You have a link right there to uh, to download their app to make your own mixtapes. You can get your cards there. Um, be sure also to follow them on Instagram and Twitter, both at Super Awesome Mix. They are doing some really cool stuff, and mixtapes are like the coolest. Like who doesn't miss mixtapes or even mix CDs? Or I'll do you even better and give you like a mix eight track or a mix reel to reel if you're old school like that. But uh, do yourselves a favor, dig in on that, have some fun, send some music uh, to some people that you care about, turn them on to some cool things. Um, yeah, and so hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that. I enjoyed it as well, even though it's always weird to be on my own for one of these shows, but hopefully you've uh, had a good enough time. Uh, if you've enjoyed it and this is your first time, welcome. Please make sure you're following us over um, for everything that we do. I had a rankingthebeatles.com is our main website. Of course, you can also follow us on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles, on Instagram at Ranking the Beatles, and on Twitter at Ranking Beatles, wherever you do your social media uh, platforming, as they say. And uh, if you enjoy it, tell a friend. Tell them to come rank some Beatles with us. We would love to, uh, to have their input. And uh, what do you think about We Can Work It Out at 152? Too high, too low, or because she's not here, I'm going to say it. Just like Baby Bear's porridge, just right. Let me know. Let us know. The royal us. Let us know what you think in the comments on our pages. Too high, too low? Are we crazy? Do you love this song? Do you hate it? So, yeah, it's up to you. What do you think? Let us know. Anyway, gang, that's about it for this week. We've got... I think just one or two more episodes before the uh, end of the year. So uh, we're getting close, man. The end of Ranking the Beatles Season 3. We are flying through. This is crazy. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode and another ranking just for you, my babies. So until then, I'm Jonathan. Have a good week. See you next time. Adios. Adios.